What's up, Ryan Kohler here, hiring guru. And today we're going to talk about herd mentality and how it's actually killing or holding back your ability to source qualified candidates for your jobs. This right here is one of our foundational uh, principles and one of the core reasons why companies, especially small to mid-sized ones, struggle to recruit in today's market, not the talent shortage this one thing okay so there's this concept called herd mentality and i believe it is one of the three or four main reasons that small to mid-sized businesses are struggling to hire high quality candidates right now not the talent shortage the talent shortage is just highlighting the, the pain or the challenge of herd mentality and the impact it's having on the hiring world. Look, this is one of our, one of our biggest diseases in sourcing and nobody knows because we just focus on the symptoms and then point fingers at other diseases. The symptoms that we hear, I don't get enough applicants. The quality of those applicants isn't very high. We have low completion rate of the application. They ghost us afterwards. All of those things are symptoms of a bigger problem but the bigger problem isn't the talent shortage. The bigger problem is herd mentality. That is what is underlying all of this at its core. And really it's the result of what that is. Now, caveat here, speaking of herds, let me tell you a bit of a little story about my upbringing. I grew up, we moved when I was four years old to our family dairy farm where my dad grew up and it was my grandpa's, etc. right? Over the past 20 years, Family farms have almost gone away. Most dairy is now done at big corporations, not the family dairy farm. And there's a reason for this. Milk is a commodity and commodities compete almost completely based on price. Now, when you have a commodity marketplace that's competing based on price, the number one way to win is through economies of scale. What that means is the bigger you get, the lower your costs come per gallon of milk, Therefore, it drives bigger and bigger and bigger farms to be created, i.e. big corporate farms. And when you have big corporate farms competing with little farmers, they simply don't have the economies of scale to compete. Now, my cousin struggled with this forever on the farm and they finally came up with a different strategy. This is a core strategy of how to compete as the little guy, the underdog in a commodity type marketplace like that. What you do, number one, is you segment the market. Instead of saying all people buy milk, you segment it into types of people that buy milk for different reasons. You then focus on the customer and specialize inside of those segments with the goal of differentiating. For them, their differentiation was raw whole milk, people who wanted to buy milk that wasn't pasteurized, which you have to do locally, and artisan cheese, where they add more value to the milk to turn it into cheese. This was a huge competitive advantage for them that favors the small guy who's close to the customer and in the local area versus the big giant corporation where their, their core strength was economies of scale. Now, what does this have to do with hiring? To be honest, has everything to do with it. When it comes to competition for anything in a marketplace, there are just certain laws that you have to deal with and work around, you cannot fight them or go against them because they are laws of nature. They're there no matter what. The very first law is that of commoditization. Over time, without some other impact on it, 
offerings will become more and more similar in nature. While you might have two products in a marketplace that look vastly different, over time, unless something else happens, they will start to copy each other until they become almost the same or interchangeable. When you reach the point of commoditization where the products are basically interchangeable, then the war is going to boil down to money, to price. And it's going to be a race to the bottom of making only one penny. When this happens, the biggest dog generally wins unless the little guy or somebody else chooses not to play the commoditization game. But if a little guy or an underdog plays the commoditization game, they will almost always lose to the people who have the biggest budget. Now, that's law number one. Law number two is following best practices. Following industry best practices or standards will almost always take you down the path to commoditization if you are not careful and make sure that you're not using this idea of what everybody else is doing will work for us. The third law, the law of differentiation, right? The only way or one of the most powerful ways to compete against commoditization for a little guy is to segment the marketplace, identify what that segment wants and differentiate. What does this mean? Segment, not one big tent that everybody's in, but instead small factions or smaller tents that all combine into the community. That's where you start. Number two, once you have segmented, you look for underserved markets. There will be small tents that are unhappy with the current offering. Number three, differentiation, right? Based on what you know about that, you then adjust the product offering or service offering to better serve the underserved or unhappy tents that you're targeting or segment that you're targeting. And then finally, when you want to grow, instead of, again, switching back to a big tent, you simply add more segments, treat them mostly individually, and you just start grouping those segments together, but you don't merge them into one. You still want at least some aspects, but you'll find your, they're almost always like similar at 80%, but you'll find your secret sauce and amplify that, meaning you can't just stop building stuff. Now, what differentiation leads to? Now, if you follow these three laws, again, you don't fight against the law of commoditization, you follow best practices, but with a kind of questioning mind of will it harm you, and you instead focus on the law of differentiation, it leads to you being a choice for other reasons than just price. And that right there is how you maintain profitability. You need people choosing you not because it's cheap, but because of something else you offer in your, differentiate, in your differentiator that connects to what their pain is in the commoditization offering. So why doesn't HR focus on differentiation? It's really quite simple, risk aversion. HR tends to be risk averse, therefore they follow quote unquote best practices, which lead them over time to commoditize the job ad. The job ad, the job description starts to sound exactly the same. Now, the second part is social proof. We have a bias towards doing what other people are doing because it makes us feel safer and we assume that the, what they're doing works for them. Specifically, small companies look up to big companies and it's safe for their HR teams or their managers or whatever to execute strategies or copy strategies that their bigger competitors are using because nobody will question you 
if you're doing what the best in the marketplace does. You just assume that what they're doing is working, number one, and number two, that what they're doing will work for you. That is the problem set. You assume that best practice works best versus it just being the most common practice that might not be working at all. And once again, finally, that just because something works for a big company, it will work for the small company. So here's the question. If you're not going to do that, if you're not going to copy, how do you go about differentiating your offer? Well, once again, it's a, it's process that you walk through. Step one, you have to start with who, meaning when a manager asks you and fills out a, a requisition form and says, we have an opening, don't ask for what the requirements are. Ask for who would be a good fit for the job so you can look at them. If you get a handful of who's, you want to group them together based on common pains, not race, gender, vets, disabled, not age or anything like that, not any protected classes. You're grouping them together based on their common pains or goals to create your segments, right? As you group them together, it means you're going to have to talk to the who and ask them, what are your pains? What are your fears and frustrations about working for us, working in this job, working out in this industry? And what are your wants and aspirations? What do you wish it could be like, right? Number three, identify how you are an upgrade for that person based on where they're at right now. Specifically, what that means is how does working for you solve that person's pain and enable their gains? Keep in mind, if the answer is it doesn't, then go back and either you're going to have to change your target segment, who you want for the job, or you're going to have to change your offering to inflate it up to make it an upgrade. I usually focus on four main things. Number one, is it unique? There's a quote from somebody that I was just listening to their speech and it was amazing. He said, nobody notices normal. Nobody notices normal. Nobody notices ordinary. So you need to be unique. Number two, you don't want to just be unique. It needs to be relevant, meaning it's unique in a way that matters to your target. To level that up, you need to be compelling. That means it's unique. It's relevant. It's in alignment with your target's pain or, or goals. And it's a big enough upgrade that it matters, right? And then the final one is credible. Is it believable? Will it actually happen, right? So those are our four parts. Then we jump to our offer, right? What is our offer? What is our job? We've decided the who. We've figured out their pains. We've now looked at what our offer is. This is, this is how does working for us, our company, or how does doing this job compare to what your target audience is doing right now? Line it up, pain by solution, goal by solution, right? You line up how you're solving each of those parts and say, how does our offer match up? You have to keep adjusting, either lowering the target or increasing the offer until you reach the point that it is a compelling upgrade. Now, finally, the last part, you have to explain it to the marketplace that it's an upgrade. This is content marketing. This is what a job ads goal is. The goal of a job ad is to speak the language of the target to explain to them and connect to their pain and their goals and to talk about how your offer is an upgrade or solution to their current pains and goals of where they're at right now in the job they're doing today. In other words, you have to, or in, you have to use words 
that are compelling to the target that explain their pain? They, the answer to explain their pain is, it feels like you were reading my mind. Number one, explain your solution. It has to connect with them emotionally and logically. This logically makes sense. It would solve my pain and emotionally it feels right. Next up, you have to make sure that you do this in a way that is unique, not like everybody else, relevant and compelling. Now the last part here is credibility. I'm just going to touch on this really quick. We as consumers struggle listening to and believing what a company tells us because we feel like we're being sold to. And when we feel like we're being sold to, it feels like they might be telling us what we want to hear. The way you solve for this is credibility. And there's two main ways to solve for credibility in the hiring world when it comes to your job ad. Number one is that on job boards, you have reviews. Those star ratings need to say, I agree with whatever your pitch was in the ad. If those reviews of what people say, say they're lying, this isn't real, this isn't what it's like, then you have a credibility problem on the job boards. When it comes to credibility off the job boards, it comes down to one thing, current and past employees. Employee referrals or sharing or customer referrals are a great way for a third party to express or to point at the job ad and lend third party credibility to a piece of content that you created from your company. Those are the two ways to drive credibility. I hope this makes sense to you. This is a huge, huge pain and problem. The more that we copy, the more that we commoditize, the more that we follow best practice, the more likely we are as smaller employers to struggle to attract applicants. The reason isn't the talent shortage. The reason is that people simply aren't being given a reason to be excited about choosing us, about investigating our offering, about seeing whether they're a fit for us. And it all comes down to differentiation. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time, good luck hiring. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the 90 Days of Sourcing uh, podcast, mini-series, whatever you want to call it. Super excited for you to be along this ride and along this journey with us. Um, as you are, are listening to this, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast um, and, and watch for new episodes coming out in your email or from the podcast system or, or however you consume our content. Um, I would love, love, love to hear any questions, comments, concerns, feedback you have about today's podcast or any episode, to be honest, of any piece of content, whatever it is, or even to hear your specific challenges and pains you're struggling with sourcing. So if you want to give me some feedback, shoot me an email to ryankohler at applicantpro.com. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Kohler, like the faucet, K-O-H-L-E-R, at applicantpro.com. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time, good luck hiring. Yeah.